As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show, everybody. If this is your first time, welcome. Pull up a chair. Welcome to our little our little family. We've got we've got a good a good show going. If if this is your first time. Uh, there, there's another, this is part two of a, of a, of a two part episode. I know it's like some Marvel cinematic universe level stuff, but this is part two of a live show that we did two weeks ago. Part one is up live. It's the last episode. If, if you listen to that episode, you'll remember we had a, a surprise guest appearance from someone who works in the same office as I do. So it wasn't that much of a surprise, but father Anthony Sharapa, Pittsburgh's okay as priest hopped onto our live stream. For the 50 of you that were there, I'm sure that was a very exciting moment. But we decided to keep recording, and we gave him his own special episode. So Father Anthony answers your questions. We got some really good we got some really good topics that we talk about. And if you guys stay tuned to the very end of the episode, I have a really special surprise that not even Ethan knows about. So it's going to be real exciting. If you stay to the end, you're going to get a big old surprise. Without further ado... The Crunch. Live show, part two. Oh, uh, Father Anthony texted me, how do, I, how do I chat? But that was like 11 minutes ago. Oh, Should, do you want to invite him onto the call? I did, but he hasn't said it. He hasn't oh, invited man. him on the call, but he hasn't, he hasn't responded. That'd be great. But he's, he's active in the group chat. He's active so in the chat. What's the problem? But- Answer, answer. Our, we invited you into the call. Get on here, buddy. Come on. There it is. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Hi, Were you like setting up super quick? Wait, wait, wait. So I need to get rid of your YouTube because there's like four of you talking. Okay. Okay. So the problem was I was eating lunch with my family and ignoring them, trying to figure out how to chat with you guys. <laughs> that is a problem. This is it is okay good. that I crash your things? I'll leave. No, this so is, you guys this is great. great. No, we'll, we're happy. Everyone to crashes our live show. At the it's Catching true. Foxes, Kid and Scott Hahn almost did. Scott Hahn. <laughs> you remember when that picture of Scott Hahn walking in the background is it one of my. Like, it looks like he's waving at you and you don't see him. That's so <laughs> it really funny. Does. It's so I mean, funny. Father Anthony, have you ever seen that picture? No. It's, 
It is hilarious. So we Patrick, did a live entertain show. the father while I tag him in this picture. We did we did a live show at Franciscan and yeah. um apparently so we did it in, in this in this dorm and, and Dr. Han never goes to the dorms. So I don't know why he was there. But he, <laughs> it's so funny he that walked, he shut up. Ten minutes after our live show ended, he walks yeah. through and there's a picture of him like turning and waving and uh, Ethan is yeah. like looking the other way, smiling, and it looks yeah. like you can interpret it two ways. It looks like either He's completely unaware of the of the awesomeness that's happening behind him. Or Dr. Okay, Han is like go, trying to wave at him and Ethan doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. That Either is one I, is hilarious. Did I ever think about how I'm Dr. Han him. missed my best talk ever? Really? He did? Yeah, we had this big men's conference. It still goes on. I was a deacon. And it's one of those things, long story short, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. And the Holy Spirit wasn't helping me out. But once I got there, amazing, wonderful, spectacular. Perfect. And I was like, I know, I know that. Dr. Scott Hahn is supposed to be at this conference. I wonder if he heard me. I wonder if he thinks I'm cool. Yeah. And as I'm leaving the the venue. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he left. He left. Oh, he froze. Uh, 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 <laughs> I didn't oh, say hi. You're back. Just, Here we go. Yeah. As as you were leaving the venue, what happened? We you no. froze for a second. Oh, as I was leaving the venue, I see him walking in. So he obviously didn't hear my talk. Oh, and I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm I'll never disappointing. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he's an in and out kind of guy, which I totally get and respect. I would do that if I was like invited to like a seriously. He, like I can yeah. imagine that's the one thing that's probably the only thing hold me back from getting really famous and doing Catholic talks is just <laughs> the pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the only thing holding Ethan back from being insanely successful is all of the pressure he would hypothetically feel. I thought about I thought about famous. getting really smart and holy, but then mm-hmm. I was like, man, there'd be too many people would try to stop me in the streets. So <laughs> okay. Anthony, are, you, are you down? Are you downstairs right now, Father Anthony? No, no, no. I'm at uh, I'm at my rectory. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is where I, I live. I was about yeah. to look like an idiot and run downstairs. That would have been amazing and <laughs> really funny. Would have been a crossover. And downstairs and realized I you can't have there. a cross. You can't have an internal crossover. <laughs> That's not possible. Have we not talked possible. about how Ethan's uh, pee pop filter is a sock? We have talked about it. as a okay, good topic good, of conversation. Good, good, good. But isn't, hey, isn't it? Remember, good, remember when, when our producer producer Nick did that, and he also used a bottle of Jack as a as a mic stand. Right? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it's respect. Producer Nick is a man after my own heart. I want to meet him and also have his job. <laughs> I don't. I think he would say you don't want to have his job. I think that was what would happen. Do you know what his job job is? Isn't he like a media guy? Sort of. He does. Uh, he's with the communications department of the diocese of Pittsburgh. Mm. So he does a lot of like training of people in parishes, oh. uh, that kind of thing. Um, he does their website stuff. He does a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I don't know yeah. if you know how to do that, Ethan. I could do it if I tried. It's one of those things. I got I a job very hard, very fast. I could do it. <laughs> I got a job in the communications secretariat when I was in Diocese of Orlando, what? and I was the youth minute. I was the sorry, not social media uh, mm-hmm. intern, and um, it was because I was young that I got the job, and right. I was like very okay at it. And that's I did the, usually the opposite of how things work. If you're young, you don't get a job. That's the with only the thing that we have going for us, Patrick, is we are young and we know about social media, so that means we could get any communications job we apply for, wow. whether whether or not we're qualified. I do think it's funny when like the IT department comes onto my computer and they're like, "Oh, let me see," and I'm like, "I, I." I know just type in the password. I know what I'm doing. I know more than you. I know more than you. I was trying to install the Adobe suite on my computer and, and our, and our IT guy, Ken, shout out Ken was like, uh, you can't download this on more than one computer. I'm like, Ken, I know my licensing. Okay. (laughs) I know my licensing, Ken. Um, 
Uh, I hear an echo. Oh, sorry. That was me going back onto the YouTube thing so I can see what's oh. happening in the chat. Because if I'm going to crash your, your you, live yeah. stream, I'm going to do it hardcore and make sure I can see what's going on in the chat as well. So you, you can you to, can uh, yeah. you can pop out the window. So if you have if you see the chat, there's three little dots. You can click that and click pop out window. Then you can close the video and just have the chat open. I think we're good. I think I figured it out. You did, smart guy. No one needs IT over here. Yeah, in these, in these zones. No, I no Father, IT boys on this oh. podcast. Father, I just listened to your catching foxes interview. Did you? Did we sound dumb? That was so much pressure. Why was it so much pressure? You guys, they're, you guys really did great. Popular. Okay, they're not. <laughs> you guys are both of you and Claire, Claire speaking and Catching Foxes are so much more popular than the Crunch, and it makes me so mad. You're not more popular in my heart, though. You guys are number one in my heart. You guys get so many listens just because of the collar. If me and Pat, it's really like that. Free, it really is that. I hate collared people. That's the that's the one way to success. Is if you start if you start mm-hmm. a podcast with a priest, guaranteed. Bam. Yep. Bam. You know, you're 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 up there. But no, you guys sounded great. The stuff that you talked about, especially in the second half, yeah. was was so good. I haven't gotten through all of it yet because every mm. time, every mm. every time I was I texted Father uh, Father Harrison. I didn't text you because you were in mass. Good. But I was like, every time a, some, you guys talk specifically talk about lay ministry, my little scrupulous heart yeah, I get, I get so stressed out. out when I start hearing you guys like, talk about lay ministry because I'm like, did I pray enough? Am I holy? Am I? Am I? Am I? What am I? Are we the baddies? Are we? Are we the baddies? Am I on a one way ticket to Helltown? Like, <laughs> and it's and terrifying. When, and Luke, Luke said something that calmed my little heart down so quick. He was like, he was like, all, all of, all of your actions in lay ministry should be a response to God. And I'm like, that's true. I prayed about this. God's not going to lead me into sin. Right. That's that. I took a I took a theology test once. And one of the questions was, can the Holy Spirit cause you to sin? <laughs> and I answered no. Yeah, and that turned out double. that was correct. No. Yes. Um, uh, that's that's huge. That's a huge problem that I deal with of like, am I doing too much? Like, am I taking over for the Lord? Like, where's the line between yeah. like, working hard and being a being excellent in your role as a lay minister and saying like, Oh, I can just, if I just kind of manhandle this and this, and I bring in my business acumen and I'm able to do (laughs) this, then we're going to be great. You know, it's like, and so listening to you guys talk about it was like, Oh shoot, I need to think about some things. Yeah. It's crazy. Good. No, I'm glad. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if we get a catching foxes bump in our in our listens. You, you I don't probably, know how it is that your podcast started after ours, and you still got on catching foxes before we did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's because it's because they weren't drunk when they interviewed you guys. <laughs> no, they were stone cold sober. They were. Absolutely- they were hammered, and we didn't even notice. And we didn't notice because we were so nervous. Probably our cute. We were. We were like. We really- <laughs> would not be nervous if we did it now. But then I was like, I was. I had told. I had it in my calendar for months, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about what I was going to say and what I would talk about. <laughs> like and then they were drunk. And we didn't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> any of that stuff. It I, was. It was, it was so funny. One time they called me, just randomly. It was. It was Luke Carey is skyping you, and I was like, Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh. <laughs> I gotta set up my microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Like ah, ah, ah. and I was like, "Hello!" And they were like, ah, "I told you we'd get it." Or blah, blah blah blah. Hi, Patrick, you're on the Patreon episode, and I'm like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And they're like, "Ah, screw you!" And then he, then he hung up. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sure what happened was they were like, first of all, intoxicated, and second of all, saying, hey, what if we just call one of the Crunch guys and told him to go screw himself?' And that's that's <laughs> not what they said, but you know, <laughs> yes, yes. I just I just had a realization about the three of us. What? 
I think it's Patrick. I don't. I'm not going to presume anything on your end, but I think that uh, if if the thing that maybe might happen that you might have bought something for or were planning on buying something for happens, and then that goes through well, in a couple in a couple months there might be an event where all three of us would be together. Yeah. I mean, I I guess given those those very broad those, those parameters, <laughs> I don't know if I can turn that into a crunch live show without catching some kind of heat from wow. like everyone. That'd be wow. so funny if we did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> she'd be sitting oh, here, Patrick. and then you'd be sitting there, and you'd have a microphone <laughs> in front of you, and then I would just be sitting up there, and she would not, <laughs> we'd just be talking to each other. <laughs> the question is, how much are you willing to sacrifice for the brand? That's for true. the brand. You gotta, the brand. You, gotta, you gotta put everything into the brand. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Just thinking. Just thinking long term. Not that I'm. I mean, I don't know anything. Hey, about listen. It. She. Uh, she. Um. She revoked all of her rights to object to this when she stopped listening to this broadcast. That's, that's true. all. That's all I gotta say. Yes. True. Apparently, she. She said I was listening. That's what she said in in the in the texts that she just sent me. Yeah, I was like, live shows up, and she's like, "Yeah, I was listening," and I was like, "That's in the past tense." <laughs> What's going on with that? Hey, father. Yes. What are your plans for the uh, for the summer? What do you got going on? Uh, I'm giving a few talks around the diocese, which is fun. Yeah, because I don't get to do that very often because you're busy with parish stuff. But people mm-hmm. ask me, I work that out. So yeah, I'm doing one next week. I think you guys talked about it, or someone mentioned it. A bridge show. Yeah, a good buddy of mine um, asked me to do that, so I have to write that. Doing that, uh, it's nice because normally I'm the chaplain at Westminster College, which is not too far from where Patrick and I work, and uh, they're done for the summer. So that frees up my Tuesday nights, my Thursday evenings, uh, Friday evenings, and then I'm going back to the parish. So the one thing is, like, we always have the 7 p.m. mass at the college, so that means I'm never at any of the vigil masses uh, so I actually get to like, there might be people who, even though I've been here since October, maybe have never met me in my parish. Wow. Because realistically speaking, if you only go to one of the masses, yeah. there's a chance you've never seen me. So that's true. Yeah. So that's what's going on. <laughs> you, uh, uh, we're in trouble, you, boys. Yeah, that's mm. true. Phoebe's, Phoebe's in the mix. <laughs> um, Father, what do you give talks about? Like, what is your, do you have like a go-to or do you just talk about whatever people ask you to? Not at all. If I have a go-to, it's the vocations talk. I can turn oh, the vocations okay. talk into anything. The vocation story <laughs> has been done at 10-minute uh, intervals, half-hour intervals. I can do an hour-long version of my vocation story. So that's the one I've got like really down pretty solid. Yeah. The rest is, it's, it's tough because I'm way better at preaching than I am giving talks. Mm. Um, so I think there's something. What's with- the difference? There is there is a difference. I think refer part of it, to the, the Catching Foxes podcast. <laughs> Never think, refer to that podcast. I think part of it is there is a liturgical and sacramental grace when I'm preaching. I firmly believe this uh, because it's part of the liturgy, and there's special graces I think go along with that. And then I'm like I know my audience really well because they're my parishioners, yeah. and I know the gospel because I've been able to like pray with it. So it's a lot easier to do. A talk requires for me more work because I have to do a little bit more research. I have to do a little bit more of what's going on. Um, so that that's like, I, I won't use notes for a homily, but I'll use notes for a talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. That's, uh, that's a big difference for me. It's just, it's, I think talks are more difficult for me than, than just preaching a homily. But I think you've unlocked like the key method or not method, but like way to fitting in like, or doing good talks is fitting in your testimony. Because if you have a good testimonial, then that shows 
people very easily and and naturally like this is how Jesus Christ has worked in my life. Mm-hmm. And if if they don't see that, then they're not going to like trust you or sure. listen to anything that you say. So if you have that and you start from that, then you really can talk about anything. So yeah. if you don't have a testimony, don't give talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm not working that into. Uh, so I had to give a talk when I went to Chicago. I hung out with all the uh, the Twitter priests. Yeah. Um, I they John Blevins um, of Twitter fame, not Twitter fame. Um, Twitch, fame. Twitch, fame. Twitch fame asked me to give a talk at his parish that he no longer works at. And of course I said, yes, cause whatever. Um, and I gave a talk on hope and was working in my story with that. So I almost have a talk on hope down pretty solid. So I'll probably be giving that over the summer because if anything, when you're closing churches and doing all this stuff, people need to remember yeah. hope. So do you, uh, mm. do you know where Jonathan Blevins new churches? Uh, no. Okay. I don't know if you knew because because he offered me a job at his old church. Yes. And so I was like, if his new church is closer to you and he offers me a job that I would move close to be close to Father Anthony, not to Patrick. Right. Hey, but it would still be far away. What if, what if every show was a live show? That'd be crazy. I was thinking about was? that. We could make what YouTube if, videos. We could. What if we, we lived in the same house and we had like our own Team 10 sort of thing? You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like it was you, me. Hey, remember the sitcom that I wrote? <laughs> I do remember the sitcom that you wrote. So back before back before Father Anthony hit the scene, I wrote like a fake pilot for um a show a show where Ethan and I moved to the big city. That's all we yeah. keep referring to it as. TV's and it. um we get we get an apartment together and like the catching foxes guys show up and they're like housewarming. They have housewarming gifts, but like they're secretly trying to overthrow our podcast. Them and then that Catholic couple and like the end of the the end of the first episode, it's like them catching foxes sitting around a table they're all wearing cloaked hats and like they all wear the cloaked figures and all that stuff and then they're like they take off their hoods one by one and the last the last guy to take off his hood is none other than matt frad we could it would be really good i think patrick had this face where he was really into writing sitcoms or like thinking that we could be in a sitcom if we get that talking about phase that still happens we get that show with ewtn i will eat an entire dresser of clothes i was so proud of you i hope my genuineness came across in the tweets when you sent that email (laughs) your genuineness came across when you actually upped your patreon i did i did I didn't know that you would be that uh, smitten by the email. I didn't. I found it so damn back. funny. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I was like you actually sent this to EW2 and I love it. <laughs> my uh, my mom got mad at me. I hope what? She my mom's listening. Mom, I love you. My mom got mad at me because she's like, "Is that the real resume that you sent EWTN?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> And she goes, oh, I hope you never actually want a job with them because now they won't ever take you seriously ever again. You completely cut yourself off. And I'm like, mom, you don't understand. It's the joke. It's the comedy of it. It's the bit. They want the, me. They want me the for the goof. bit. They don't want me for my resume. They want. Also, me you don't understand. You don't understand. I don't want a job with them anyway. Dude, <laughs> I don't like. On a place where they can get it, we can still get a show. <sighs> my mom was worried about that too. It's so funny how much they care about our professional careers. It's true. I mean, if I cared about my professional career, I wouldn't be in this building right now. If I cared about my professional career, I'm I wouldn't. Just, I'm just kidding. My I have mixed feelings about that, Patrick. <laughs> no, that's funny. I think uh, it's it's if we do do it, and I think we should, we should do it on YouTube only or like some sort of streaming service. What do you think formed the comedy section of Formed? I think Form.org would pick Form. it up. If we start a comedy section there, I think that could be our play. That could be our end. I, I have the phone number of none other than Dr. Timothy Gray of Augusta really? Institute of Fame. Do you think 
call him and pitch our show. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man, this the our our live shows are always full of guest stars. So really how do we yeah. do that? <laughs> you know, because you guys were like on a roll. Because I was listening in my car via my app, and you were doing a real good like discussion about how freaking crazy even middle school is now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like I've ruined all that. I'm not actually. I'm not even mad because it's great. Because I'm having a lot of fun. But well, no, you, got, you didn't. You didn't go to the uh, Faith Formation Symposium in Pittsburgh, did you? I did not. No. Okay. So there was a there was a symposium in uh in in the Diocese of Pittsburgh for Faith Formation and um shout out Diocese of Pittsburgh shout out shout out Dio Pitt Doctor Bob Doctor Bob Rice we call him Bob around my parts sure uh, he he came <laughs> he he came and gave a talk about um about Gen Z and like ministering to Gen Z and he was like exactly what you said Ethan it was like this this group is the most has the most amount of money out of any young group of young people ever yeah uh, they're moving faster and faster they. I, I was I was talking to some of my students about BoJack Horseman the other day. Oh yeah, and I was like, why why are you watching that though? Because it's so bad. <laughs> it's really it's really funny. Like, don't get me wrong, I think it's mm-hmm. funny and insightful, but I also think that it's very dangerous to watch if you're an impressionable young person. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an impressionable young person, so I probably shouldn't be watching it either. But even then, it's like there there's um there's really no difference between what. 20 year olds watch and what 15 year olds watch at this point mm. there is no more teen yeah. nick yeah it's just nick well i don't even think it's nick <laughs> it's all everyone's on adult swim and netflix yeah like there's yeah. not even there's not even like nickelodeon maybe is there for for young young children but there's no like it used to be that we could watch um i don't know like shows for older people and now it's like it's either adult shows or kids shows. There's nothing in between, and so yeah, even, yeah. or like adult content or kids content, nothing in between. Like there's no more middle ground, and so it's just pushing. Older, Whatever happened to Degrassi, the first generation? Yeah, it's just push, pushing kids that are that are eight, nine, ten into content that's for fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year olds. Yeah, it's like it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's not even like the content of those shows like i'm thinking of bojack horseman i'm thinking of rick and morty and i'm yeah. fascinated by both of those shows yes uh well because i think they're very well written and very clever mm-hmm. um but also like the um humor as a temporary escape from nihilism oh. fascinates me because oh, they're, they're actually pretty honest about nihilism how like really nothing matters and they get so close that it is yeah like, yeah how sad yeah. and there's no escaping it because like you can't watch more than three episodes of BoJack without getting back into like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the whole Rick and Morty thing. And I'm impressed with the fact that they, they get really close to that question and really, really close to the inevitable doom of that worldview. And they sit there for like a moment. And then they yank it back. And then they yank it back because there's yeah. no more answer. There's only there's only distraction through comedy. Um, yeah. It's a fascinating like construct and a way to like frame a show. And that's so much I think of like a lot of even like uh, like meme culture on the interwebs as well. This kind of like really like fascinatingly horrifyingly like morbid approach to life. Like we can't yeah. there is no hope. We all know it, but at least we can laugh a little bit and distract ourselves. Yeah. Well, I I see I saw that when I when I used to do comedy and even even still when I hear people talk about comedy 
it was always it was always extremely nihilistic worldviews, but from people who were like in seriously painful places, like they mm-hmm. just they felt stuck in where they lived and they just were in bad relationships or they were addicted to drugs or whatever. And they're up there talking about it on stage. And the the direction they would go was like, because nothing matters, nothing is off limits and I can say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just really scary, dark stuff that they would go to. And, and you can see that on these shows. But yeah, at least at least these shows have the common sense to be like, well, if nothing actually matters, we should all just kill ourselves. So I'm never actually going to say that. But people people who who make these jokes in real life, they don't actually really they don't they don't make they don't they don't stop at that point. They just they just go forward and they're like, actually, nothing matters. And I'm sad forever now. Mm -hmm. I think I mean, to be fair, you have to have a pretty IQ to understand uh, Rick and Rick Morty. Morty. Yeah. 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 Uh, Absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. They were pretty yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty smart yeah, yeah. about science. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that they have like a real, uh, real physicist on their writing staff that helped I, them write those, those shows? Yeah. With yeah. all that, that real stuff that happens on the yeah. show. Like all of Big the Bang Theory, too. Big Bang Theory has a real physicist on the show Don't, to make sure they get all the math right. Me. Do not yeah. speak to me, Big Bang Theory. No, it's true. You have to be really smart to I get all these jokes. You might not catch it, but they made an Avengers joke, and Avengers is for nerds. So if you're not a nerd, you won't get Avengers jokes. I uh I don't want to be nihilism. I don't want to do nihilism. I want to be I want to be a, a the, I want to be a theistic boy. What's the I mean I guess the response to nihilism obviously is like the joy of the gospel. You know what I mean? Like life is worth living and it's actually really good. But does that actually speak to the people who are really into these shows and think that there is nothing? Well, I'm curious about like how humor works in that in those <laughs> shows. Mm-hmm. Uh because like humor ends up being something that's that's healing. Yeah. in the shows and they're because of it the way it's the way they're written like humor allows you con- to connect to another person and connect to that situation like it allows you to enter into the deep dark truth uh, big quotes big quotes truth for nihilism um incarnational humor uh is that what i want to say no it's just i'm trying to like because humor and truth are pretty pretty right there right yeah pretty like close together and they're dealing with what they think is a truth, which is nihilism, which if there is no God, then you have to go for nothing nihilism, matters. If you're honest, yeah. right, right. So, but for humor, this is this is the arguments popping in my head. For humor to work, there has to be a God. <laughs> I don't know if this is if this makes sense or not. Is this why atheists aren't funny? <laughs> uh, well, it's because like is this Samantha B is just not funny at all. Wait. I think- <laughs> I see where you're going, and I want to take it up. Can I take it up? Please, please, yeah, yeah. Okay, so be, so it's funny because it's true is stupid. It it only is funny if it is true. There only only things that are true are funny, and since humor relies on truth, it can only exist if there is some kind of objective truth, which can only exist if there's a god. Mm-hmm. So if yes. nihilism, if nihilism does, if nihilism is true then there is no objective truth, which is a strange thing to say. That's contradictory. But anyway, right. there is no objective truth. And so there can't be any comedy because it's only true if you think it's true. Mm-hmm. But so much comedy now relies on, uh, uh, sorry, relativism. It's like, well, I think this is hilarious, right? And so it's only, um, don't get offended. I, it's like it's like shock shock comedy was really common when I. And it's mostly because all the comedians that it's it was it was it's common on on TV, but it was it's um. It was common back then too because like everyone there was an amateur and amateurs really love shock comedy because they don't know how to get laughs. It's really easy, yeah. But um, but yeah, so I think I think that's why 
they went to shock comedy that that it's the anthem of shock comedy is like i don't care if this offends you i think it's funny because there is no truth for a nihilist outside of the truth that you create which is existentialism so that kind of swings back up in the other direction like that's where you go after nihilism is i create my own god yeah me hooray (laughs) (laughs) there is a god and it's me congratulations me that's terrifying Imagine being in a world with Louis C.K. as your god. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, weird. Terrifying. No, it's bad. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I don't know. Is that because a lot of comedy now? Do you guys remember the the article? I made a really that... funny joke about Louis C.K. and nobody liked it. There was a there's a Secret Life of Pets two coming. Sorry, I need to say this. There's a Secret Life Please. of Pets two coming out. Yeah, I was like, I really enjoyed the first Secret Life of Pets, but I really didn't enjoy the Secret Life of Louis C.K. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I got three likes. Three joke. likes. Yeah, really better good. than the internment camp joke earlier, Ethan. Goes what? On to. what? <laughs> I know. That's what. I, and I and before the podcast started, I told him. Ethan, he told me that we can't say live. anything dumb. I can't live. edit anything out. <laughs> So say your thing, and then and then I have a, I have a question from a very important viewer. No, go ahead, ask a question. Okay, so uh, Kelly Kelly Johnson, Kelly Blue Book, Kelly <laughs> Kelly Johnson, <laughs> I'm Kelly, Kelly and, Tr- and Trinity and Trinity Johnson, uh, both uh, just just texted. Um, Hi, I'm watching your live show. I have a question: sock sock shoe shoe or sock shoe sock shoe? Sock sock shoe shoe. What kind of world do you live in? I I it's I switch it up. Really? I switch it up sometimes. I would yeah. never have a shoe on one foot and a barefoot on the other foot. Why never. not? Why not? Because because why? Whoa. Here, here's Whoa. here's the you question. Stop. Here's Wait. the question. What if you're putting your shoes on outside? Okay. okay. Again, and you're and why? you would have to put your shoe down, your sock down, onto the dirt, 
and then put the dirt in your shoe. We can't define what is normal by what is abnormal. Like we can't just say, oh man, that experience over there is like this. So that's how it should all be. Like that's like a kid being born with 11 fingers being like, that's the normal thing. Like get out of here. Wow. I need to thank you. I need to thank you both for making me realize I'm very passionate about a topic. I never realized I would be passionate about (laughs) because the obvious answer to this is you put socks on both of your feet and then you put shoes (laughs) over the socks yes and anyone who doesn't do this needs to go to a doctor well here's the thing or needs to actually no no you need to make an appointment with your priest and say father there's something (laughs) deeply wrong with my spiritual life because i'm a monster who has a bare foot and the other foot has a shoe on it with the socks well, here's the thing. Okay, so imagine no, there is no thing. There is there is no, thing. You save so much more time no. if you keep your leg oh, crossed, oh, where put you the sock on, then stop, your shoe stop, on. Stop. Yeah, that, 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 that time shaves off like, okay, think, of, think about that five seconds you save. You can use that time to, to tie a shoe that you have to do that, to, to look both ways before you cross the street. Wait, that, that time, putting your socks on at this. And then where you, are you putting your socks see? on? Where are you putting your socks on? Are you on my you, bed. No, like, and you have so your shoes in your shoes? bedroom. Yes, that's yes. the question. What kind no. of garbage person has their shoes in their bedroom? What kind of person who, who lives who lives in one room? I don't have any have other. Two, you put the shoes by the door. Yes, that's a good point. And I don't keep my socks by the door, so I put my socks on in my room, and I go downstairs, <laughs> and I put my shoes on, and I leave the house like a normal person. Wow, Alex, that makes the most sense. We're not considering I put my putting socks your on my microphone. <laughs> You're not considering if you put your shoes on first, then your socks. <laughs> that way your shoes are protected from the rain. Is there anything worse than the feeling of putting your bare feet in your tennis shoes? Oh, it hurts. No. Oh, it hurts. Bad. Would you rather bad. fight one whale-sized Danny DeVito or 20 Danny DeVito-sized whales? <laughs> I would fight one Danny DeVito or one whale-sized From Danny Adam. DeVito. Shout out, Adam. Just for the fun of it. Man. Like with your bare hands, yeah, yeah, definitely one think, whale. I don't think I could DeVito. take a whale. I don't think I could do any physical damage if to I a die, whale-sized Danny if DeVito. I die, it's at the fins of a whale-sized Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan sees a whale-sized Danny DeVito. This is finally a chance for a glorious is, death. I'm, I'm ready to go out like a true, true hero. I was afraid I would die old in my bed. Now I can leave with glory. I don't want to die old, decrepit, surrounded by friends and family that have loved me for my entire life with grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I want to get eaten by Danny DeVito. (laughs) I I respect that, but I don't think – I think I would want to be victorious, and I think I could be victorious over 20 whales – Danny DeVito sized whales. I think the I could problem with them. this question is I don't think I could fight a whale sized anything or twenty of anything. <laughs> you guys are thinking too big. We're not talking like blue whales. We're talking those like tiny little guys. Like a killer. Are we talking killer whale size? Or are we talking like sperm killer whales? whales or dolphins? Still horrifying. Still horrifying. Killer yeah. whales are technically a dolphin. I was thinking like blue whale to be honest because that makes a much better bit in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good impression. What the heck? Really? <laughs> yeah. How do you know what a blue whale sounds like? I spend a lot of time underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Making cow noises. I love whales. For being honest. Whales? Whales are probably my favorite aquatic mammal. 
the idea – okay, this is something, Father Anthony, maybe you know this about me, maybe you don't. Patrick, I don't know if you know this about me at all, but I'm fascinated by leviathans. Like Go on. The, the concept of giant underwater creatures laying dormant right, and Hobbs. coming up. So when I went to go see Avengers Endgame in IMAX at 2 in the morning on the day that it came out, there was a preview for the new Godzilla movie. And in that preview, there's a giant Hydra creature that comes out of the water and fights Godzilla. And I was the only one to stand up and applaud at the end of the <laughs> trailer. Because I think just the idea that there are giant ass monsters in the basements of our seas waiting to, to be unleashed on the world is freaking cool. And I love reading stories about them, and I would love to watch a movie about it. I would and love to pet one. That's this is all I have to say <laughs> on my TED talk. But I just want you guys to know that that's a huge, huge dream of mine. No, I, I totally support that. Um, does part of you believe that they actually exist, or something yeah, I, like that? I mean, yeah, because because the ocean is only ten percent explored. Ocean is so big. No, I it's so big. down there. And How? The, Lord, the Lord talks about creating creatures of the deep, and He just doesn't give a size, you know. So how would it? Ethan, how would it get there? It, he put Jesus puts it there. How many of them are there? At least I think there have to be one for each ocean, so seven. <laughs> that would be great. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. And then you could go on a quest to defeat them all. You could the, <laughs> the Arctic, the Indian, the Atlantic, the Pacific. Maybe four. How many oceans do we have? We have four oceans. There's four seven o- seas. I don't exactly know what the seven seas are. I think we could have minor, like minor monsters. For there's a there's one for like the Mediterranean Sea, monsters. and it's just a guy with like a it's like a it's like a dinosaur with a mustache that goes like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mediterranean. It's a crab. It's a crab. The size is based on yeah. how big the body of water is. So like the Great Lakes monsters are going to be big compared. It's to- the Leo Pluridon, Charlie. That's hilarious, Alex. I love that reference. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. I'm just- Wait, wait, I had the follow-up question to this, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, Bigfoot, real or not? Bigfoot? Okay, so I saw an <laughs> episode once that convinced me that Bigfoot could be real. So I don't, I mean, I am I convinced that there's a large creature in the forest? No. Am I convinced that there is some sort of man bigger than the rest of us that has taken to the woods? Yes. So you think there's a large? You don't think there's a Bigfoot? You think there's a large hairy man in the woods? <laughs> it's Father Dan. That's <laughs> not Bigfoot. That's Father Dan going for a hike. The screen needs to be on me to get. Father Dan in the woods, and he offers you a plate of pierogi. You have to answer him questions three. If you find Father Dan in the woods, you have to answer him these oh questions my gosh, three. Oh my gosh! To get Phoebe, the pierogi. Phoebe and I were hiking, and we went on this diff- We went on a trail that was marked difficult, and we were like, "What's so difficult?" And just a walk. And I was like, "There's like, is there like a sphinx at the end of this trail that like <laughs> asks us three riddles?" <laughs> it's like, man, these are really difficult riddles. Speaking of Phoebe, oh, uh, that's funny. No, I think Bigfoot is real. Yeah, I'm yeah. In, I'm, in on, I'm in on Bigfoot. I'm in on the Loch Ness monster. Any other tall tales, I, I need more evidence. Cryptids? Cryptids? I was really into cryptids for like 20 minutes. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Great, there was well, a there was sh- a whole show on Cartoon just, Network. Yeah. Cartoon Network, and I saw the advertisement for it, and I got goofed, and I was like, oh, shoot, is this real? Oh, so shoot, started, they're coming. So I started looking them up, and I was like, oh, man, this is an ad. Dang it. 
<laughs> I got, I got, I got played. I got played. Andrew, Andrew said something. Very, he's like, and Jesus said unto us when we were talking about having to go on a quest to defeat the seven, the seven Leviathans, and Jesus said unto his disciples, "I'll be right back. I have to go do something." The only <laughs> dramatic pause in the Bible. <laughs> okay. No, I think it's real. For it's, sure. it's back. It's back to serious question time. Is it? Yeah, because Phoebe asked a serious question. Oh, what was it? It was. First of all, y'all are hilarious. Thanks, Phoebes. I've got a serious question, though. If you don't mind, I'd like some thoughts about on yours about how to evangelize your family, especially those who have fallen away from the church. And I know we've talked about this before, Ethan, but I would like to get Father Anthony's perspective because he's a priest. Oof. Um, So, it's a good question. And for me personally, if we can get real, it's very hard for me to talk about faith to my family. Like, at all yeah. um so like my brother is uh nick producer nick is obviously very faithful i know my little brother matthew he goes to mass at least uh you know he's in town and everything you know my parents but like my parents growing up like they had no idea that i was like they knew i went to youth group but they were like shocked and had no idea what to do when uh, i decided to enter seminary like they were like flabbergasted so like it, it really depends a lot on family dynamics um so depending on your family, there might be like a lot of like just regular old family woundedness there that can make then evangelizing a very difficult thing to do. So every family is different. So you accept that um, and realize maybe first in your family, there's simply just relationships on a normal human level that maybe you need to repair or smooth over or maybe there needs to be forgiveness. Okay. Um, uh, because always, always, and Jesus even says this, or something like this, that's very difficult to evangelize to like people in your hometown. It's your own family. So I'll start off this long prologue. I'll end the prologue by saying, don't feel bad if it's difficult for you to evangelize your family. That's a difficult thing to do. I really think the best thing you can do, and this is what I counsel people on, to be a good witness in yourself. Like be a radically good witness about going to mass, about um praying uh live live the christian life as best as you can accepting god's mercy and god's love and then over and over again in a way that doesn't pressure them lovingly invite them to join you lovingly invite them to join you for mass or join you for some parish event uh even like like normal like family bribes like hey i'm going to mass and then we can grab breakfast afterwards something like that uh because i think it can be I think that's probably the best way because family dynamics can be so, so, so complicated. I think it's easier to evangelize other people. I'm not sure if that's a helpful answer, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. It's like working. It sucks. It's hard. <laughs> it's really tough. Yeah. Well, cause like there, there's more, there's more at play, right? Cause it's like you live, you live with them your stage. whole life. They seen you when you're being bratty. So it's really hard to preach moral upright living when uh, they've seen you be bratty. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, pick my nose oftentimes, again on the often, <laughs> oftentimes when you, um, when we preach the gospel, we think that we're supposed to be preaching moral living, but we're actually supposed to be preaching, uh, like life in Christ, which includes moral living, but it's like broader, right? So it's how, how to experience and live better, um, how to experience life more fully, how to experience God's love in a deeper way. Um, a lot of a lot of the times when people have fallen away from the church, 
they fell away from the church because of reasons below the belt. That's like the, mm-hmm. that's how I've heard it put. It's because they wanted to get married. They don't like kneeling. Is that what you're oh, the sex stuff. Sex stuff. Yeah. I it's mean, because they wanted to have sex and couldn't, they wanted to get married to someone, but they were married to divorce. They want this, this, that, they wanted to get married to another man or another woman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's stuff like that that usually gets people. And it's like, how dare you tell me what I can do with my body, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, for those people, church is always a place of judgment, regardless of how, how much we try to make it not a place of judgment for them. It, they know you don't agree with my lifestyle. This is a place of judgment. So when it, when it comes to evangelizing people who are in that, in that spot, family or not, you're always going to have to approach it from let's talk about Jesus first. Cause oftentimes I I've met a ton of people who are like, yeah, I still pray. I just don't go to church. And so like a lot of times when I was younger, I would roll my eyes at that and be like, you're an idiot. But now <laughs> and a liar too, right? And a liar. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, cool. At least, at least we can, at least that's a starting point, right? If someone at least acknowledges that they have a spirit and that that spirit can communicate with a God that exists and loves them, that's like half the charisma right there. I just got to fill in the gaps, right? So we can, we can yeah. work through that. Um, so I guess like, there's really no there's really no cut and dry answer on how to evangelize your family because everyone's different but you can I can say without hesitation like just find where that person is at what do they agree with the church on what do they what do they like about the church what appeals to them and just just hammer in that like yeah. just just keep going to that keep bringing that up that's good mm-hmm. thanks it's, it's hard to if like your family members aren't necessarily like open to discussing it yeah you know so it's like at that point you can pray a lot for them and Mm -hmm. if if you're if you're public with your faith and if you're if you're somebody who is very open um whether it is on social media or just with your family and like everybody because everybody in my family kind of knows like oh ethan's the missionary like whatever um which is and not everybody's gonna have that like as easy of a label as like a job title or if you're a priest or a youth minister like we all get it kind of easy because everybody knows but maybe your family doesn't and so if you're public um, and you're praying for your family and you're praying for an opportunity to talk to them, um, then there's a good chance that the Lord will say, all right, like, here's your chance, you know, like to to put into practice these things, but um, forcing it is not always the best way to go. And just like walking in and saying like, I'm going to, you know, make it happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like asking the Lord for that wisdom to, and the prudence to know when is a good time to talk to this person about this thing. Um, we used to get this talk all the time at the end of Steubenville conferences, I remember. Yeah. And I was never actually like clear on what my action was supposed to be. Cause it was always like, you're going to go back and everything's going to be the same. And all of your family members are going to be like, what's going on? Like, why are you so different? And I was always like, all right, cool. Like that's going to happen. So what am I supposed to do about that? And that's, that's something that I, I don't know if that's changed over the past four years, but that was something that I felt was missing from that kind of discussion was how am I supposed to, after a conversion experience, how am I supposed to go back changed? And I think the answer is just like, for that for that situation, just keep making sure that you remain a changed person, so that they don't look back and be like, "Oh, remember that that week you were really into Jesus." And that's you know, it's very hard with a family because it's there's like like a black hole, like a vortex, to like that sucks you into what your role in the family is supposed to be. And even on a natural level, this happens when like people go off to college and they do become different people. Once they come back into the house for either the summer or the weekend or whatever, yeah. then immediately like you start acting like a child again. Cause that's what you're supposed yeah. to be like yeah. these unspoken family dynamics. Like everyone, we don't know how to deal with each other except in these roles. So when you have a conversion experience, and you're starting to break out of that role, like 
people, your family will see that as, oh, they might see that as an assault on the family when it's not, it's just, it's just changing dynamics. So yeah, it's even more so than just the regular growing up and our relationship is changing. Uh, so that, that adds on top of it, more difficulty. Um, I make food for myself like every day, but when I went home for the weekend, I was like, "Mom, can you make me breakfast?" <laughs> right? <laughs> and she probably was really happy to make and you she breakfast. She did make me breakfast. <laughs> like, are you eating enough? Are you? Exactly. Are and you there's so, there's something you know good about that, but also yeah. you know on the flip side, it can be a difficult thing too. Yeah, because you get you get food made for you, right? <laughs> Great. Yeah. I agree. I don't have anything to add. I have a full time job, and she bought me lunch. <laughs> Heck yeah. No such thing as a free lunch. There's free lunch right there. Except from the mom. Oh, I wonder if my mom's watching. Hi, mom. Are you Hi, watching mom. this two-hour podcast? My parents were joking about coming down and and intruding. You guys, you're lucky you're not in the same house as your family. But at any time, I've been on edge because my dad could just burst in and just start. Shouting. How you doing, son? <laughs> your dad burst you? in. He's got. <laughs> A shoe and a sock on one foot, barefoot the other <laughs> one. <laughs> Talking about Leo Plurodons for some reason. I don't know. I have no idea who your father is. This might not be an accurate description. It's it's not, but it, it would be. <laughs> That's why it's funny because if he did do that, I'd be like, "Wow, what happened?" <laughs> In an hour and a half of time, four beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! This is this is good. I Patrick, I just want to let you. I'm gonna be upfront with you. We've been doing this for two hours at this point. I'm very yeah. hungry. Very have to pee. I and, ate before uh, I came, so I did not eat before I came because I was I wanted to come in um, hungry, hungry for content, hungry for content. That's oh, and beautiful. and as an update, we've been recording ourselves for the past two hours, but we have not been recording Father Anthony. Father Anthony. So, so <laughs> what gonna, are we? We're <laughs> gonna down, we're gonna download that YouTube audio. That that's what that you used to do and rip the YouTube audio. E, and it's gonna go up up online we'll see so glad. this is gonna be our podcast we should split this up this is long enough to split into two parts like this is pre- long enough to split into parts so we're father actually anthony, father anthony we're actually gonna do that then so are so, you gonna do that for the next two weeks yeah amazing oh, oh no so you're not gonna listen for two whole weeks oh you're father, saying that I'm, I'm not gonna listen to my own voice you are incorrect sir i definitely <laughs> will you missed a whole hour before you got here and it was oh it was i know i wanted to i was pumped but you know you got yeah. you got to spend time with the family which was good yeah. they gave me i got a free lunch out of it so hey there you go um no i don't know what we're gonna we could do like half of it goes on patreon half of it doesn't if you want to hear the second half donate you know two dollars to the cause like that sort of thing we could hold alex, alex you're not hold allowed to not for two weeks. hostage you know um oh man we could do something like that we'll talk we'll have an internal discussion it'll be great yeah, for those of you that don't know, that maybe are listening or watching this, and you're not a part of the Patreon crew, we've been really active on Facebook, been really active on Patreon. People have been posting memes. We've been sending memes to each other. We've been uh, having good discussions on the page. So if you want more, a part of that, be like Father Anthony. And uh, if you already donate, increase your donation by $5 a month. Because <laughs> yeah. there's an email that I sent to uh, Mother Angelica's television service. Um, <laughs> so do that if you want. Uh, or donate but yeah so patreon patreon.com slash the crunch you can give you can you can get free can stuff house. um sometimes or if you don't want to support us and you want to support the producer nick and the missionaries of charity you can go to patreon.com slash is it just clear clerical pod uh clerically speaking on patreon yeah okay patreon check them out 
they've got they've got good stuff whatever you do not go to patreon.com slash cf april you, you only, april you only get a shout out if you were here the whole time yeah not that's true i can't afford donate yeah about to be i heard that oh I hey it's like tithing if you if you have a missionary salary and you're you're donating to us it's kind of like a tithe to the church it is kind of, it's not it's, it's especially like a tithe to the church if you get it's, it. mo- it's more of a tithe <laughs> father anthony you have any any final thoughts you'd like to leave the people with before we uh <laughs> what the hell dude dude i would i would That's never i would think i get the final thoughts <laughs> i was this isn't the final thought this is just a final comment this yeah, is, you better was, not be a final yeah, it was super fun I crashing I was gonna ask you next. Wait, wait wait you guys you, you can fight you can fight but like before you fight i would say hey it was fun crashing your podcast this is great thanks Funny for coming you. yeah thank you you guys really are great glad. thanks for know. thanks for last minute podcasting for the second time yeah <laughs> Hold on, I'm coming out of mass. I'll be there in five minutes. That was the greatest <laughs> was, yeah. I've ever received. It was wonderful. Uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel so next time you can pay us money to have your chat at the top of the chat box. No, say say what Alex just said <laughs> in the chat. The inner machinations of my mind are a kerygma. That's funny. That's hilarious. Thank you. All right. We're going to log off. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. Please pray for you. And we'll see you. Wow, thanks for listening to our live show, everybody. That was so, so fun and exciting, and I'm glad you were all here for it. It's great. I am proud of you for listening all the way to the end, even past the closing music. There was no other way for me to put in this special announcement. Uh, so first of all, not really special announcement, very normal announcement. Next week, next week we're joined by Father Dan Fulvachny at Father Rocket Dan. So that's going to be a fun, exciting episode full of a, full of a special guest, but... My Patreon supporters, guys, I need you to listen up. This is really exciting news. So if you have been donating $20 a month, as you know, you are in what is called the Mug Club. The Mug Club. And you are owed a Crunch Mug. You are. And guess what just came in the mail yesterday? That's right, folks. A dozen Crunch Mugs to be sent out to our dozen $20 a month supporters. And if that sounds like a good deal to you, if you're like, man, all I got to do is pay $20 a month and I get a one-time gift of a crunch mug and three stickers, and then I also get put into a special group chat with Patrick and Ethan and a bunch of other $20 crunch supporters, well, guess what, folks? You, too, can become a $20 crunch supporter. I think it's our, I think it's our sausage and gravy special. All of our Patreon tiers are named after breakfast. It's very funny. You, too, can become a $20 patron and get your own mug and stickers if you sign up today at patreon.com slash the crunch guys we got some really cool stuff we got some really cool stuff shout out to phoebe for doing the legwork and researching mugs and looking for because we were it was a mess we were we've been trying to do this for a year uh thanks 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 phoebs you're the best and uh yeah thanks for listening to the very end of the episode we'll see you guys next week for more crunch
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.